Welcome to Kick-Ons, the pop culture after-party for people who need just a little bit more. We're two friends, Jason and Steph, and we aren't ready to sleep on all things pop culture. Welcome to Kick-Ons, because the party's not over. The night is young, no we're not done. Party back at ours, everybody's welcome to the kick-ons. You're welcome. There's a high chance the music of my guest today was an important part of your young adult years. And I'm here to invite you to let your adult years be shaped by her recent debut EP as a solo artist, Superpowers. Back in Aotearoa for the first time in nearly four years, I'm very honoured she's spending a little time with me. I honestly feel a little guilty. Sorry to the whanau she's not with right now. She'll be back in a jiffy, I promise. Please welcome to Kick-Ons, Elisa Zyalith. Hi. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm super stoked. I was actually on the phone with my 10-year-old niece, Amelia. She called me on uh, Messenger Kids Facebook. And I said, oh. I said, I can chat to you, but only for about 20 minutes because I have to go and do another call afterwards. <laughs> and she I'm totally so understood. Sorry, okay, good. <laughs> messenger for kids? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, messenger kids. Uh, that, that's for anyone out there listening who is a parent. I don't know. <laughs> we actually have like a, a joke, a running joke here that this is a podcast for mums and bubs. It's absolutely not. Uh, we'll take it if we can. <laughs> no, the only, only mother... Um, I'm only a mother to my dog, Ginger. I'm just like, that's just me. Me oh, and dogs. so cute, by the way. Uh, she, I'm really missing her. I'm missing her big time. Um, yeah. But yeah, my How brother. What are you here for? I'm here for a month. Thank goodness. Okay, nice. Yeah, so I'm here until January 15th. Um, so I'm really grateful to just be here for a hot minute. But then I'm back again in February for a writing Ooh. trip for Song Hubs. I'm going to be a guest songwriter for the songwriting camp. So that's going to be very fun to come back for. That's exciting. I was actually just reading um, a quote. I think, I can't remember where you gave it, but you were talking about how you'd sort of entered this new phase of being able to help from the sidelines and write with other people for their projects. Yeah. How has that kind of, I guess, helped you over the last few years? Well, it makes sense. Um it make it makes so much sense to me because of the type of person I am. Like being coming from a band, there were five people. I, I yes, I'm the lead singer. Yes, I wrote the songs, but I always felt I always felt the need to include everybody to make everybody feel included in what we were doing. And mm. I was never very good at um, making myself like the central figure. And I think that kind of relates back to me being one of five and I'm like the middle kid. And so I have this thing where I like, I'm a helper and I, um, yeah, I guess I would say I'm a helper and I've always been that way. So it feels very natural to like grow up in this band environment where you want to make accommodations for everybody, even there's an unhealthy version of that too. Um, Mm. (laughs) But um, 
yeah, just being in a band, being part of a team, and then coming out of that world that I was in for 10 years and being like, oh, who am I outside of this thing that I've known for the last decade? I've only ever been accommodating to other people's ideas and like never really put myself first. And now I get to do my project and I get to do that. And like, wow, this is scary, but like, this is really empowering because now I'm gaining these new tools that I never really thought I had before. And now I can go off and help other people with their vision, their projects, their ideas, and like, just be part of a team. And that it feels really good to give that. Mm. I, I, yeah. It feels really good to help and give to people that you believe in because so people have done that for me and my project. That's so exciting. I also, I wanted to kind of say thank you for how honest you are about, I guess, like the struggles that you've had over the last few years and that, I guess, point of burnout. I think that's like really admirable that you have been so open about it um, and it will really help other people feeling the same. How was the recovery through writing this EP because you can hear a lot of it I'm I'm assuming that is what yeah yeah Um, yeah in there is that like a dual kind of healing and creating process yeah totally so that um the last naked and famous record was called recover (laughs) funnily enough and it was that was the hardest record for Tom and I to make because we the band had gone through so many changes you know we were five band members and then and then we were two, and then basically we'd lost our our committee of people that would that would be like, actually, let's go with that idea, or like, you know. So it was just Tom and I just head to head with one another, and and him him and I can be very like strong headed, and coming to a compromise is impossible sometimes. Um, <laughs> So just imagine that and then like bringing people into it. And it was just like the songwriting, the ideas, the sonic palette, everything was just like such a struggle, such a labor from the beginning of a song to the end of a song to the finishing line. And I felt, I felt so stunted in this kind of, this kind of like, uh, this world of limitations and I feel like I couldn't really grow into the kind of artist on that record that I wanted to. Um, and so in between all of the writing sessions, maybe on that second year we were working on the record, I was like, I really need a lifeboat. I like, I can't hear my own thoughts. I'm going to go write with some other people. Mm-hmm. And, and just, I don't know. I just need to create a lifeboat for myself for my own mental creative sanity because I can't see the forest for the trees right now. And I'm, I had low grade depression for sure. So I ended up the first song I think that I wrote where I was like, Oh yeah, that's it was devil. I know I wrote that with um, Simon Oscroft and this incredible writer could Maisie. And that song was all about breaking toxic patterns and the devil is symbolic for, like, at the time, the band, Tom, music, my music career, you know, because it was such, it was it was making me more miserable than it was, like, giving me life. 
and mm. but better that the saying is better the devil you know than the devil you don't so I just needed to like get out of there and the way that I knew best to just get myself out of out of something is to write write my way out of it so I ended up just doing random sessions in between a lot of the Naked and Famous sessions and um when that album was done that Naked and Famous album was done I was I looked at all of the songs I had done I'm like wow there's quite a bit of material here I could put something together um so then that kind of just like started my journey on like okay well I'm gonna write in I'm gonna release an EP and like I'm gonna figure out how to finish these songs and usually Tom would be the one who would finish everything Mm. so I'm like okay well I can't call him I'm gonna have to figure out how to record and comp and edit and tune and figure out the vocabulary for the sonic palette that I want from the drums to the keys to the guitar tone to the references. So I kind of just stepped into that role and becoming a leader um, for the first time in my career. So it was all big, big growing pains in the best possible way and it was not easy and I didn't know what I was doing but I I did it anyway (laughs) (laughs) Yay! that's so relatable too though like no matter what you're doing I think once you finally arrive in what I call the arena because that's what Brene Brown calls it that's my only reference you're just like whoa I can't believe I'm here now that was a long period of not being in there yeah and I, we talk a lot to independent artists and I'm like, sit in that, like sit in that pride for even if it's two days. Yeah. You know? I yeah. know it's so scary because it's like, what's the next thing? Yeah. But um, just sitting there is, re- is really amazing. And the results are so incredible. Like, I just feel like the sound that you've got on this EP is so mature and very well-rounded and secure in how it sounds as well Mm -hmm. was that like a bit of a journey were you when you were standing there thinking like oh what is this going to sound like yeah how long was that process gosh that was I feel like that process was a good couple years because I'd written a a whole bunch of songs for what, what might have been my project and I was just like not impressed with any of it some of it was super pop some of it was really lo-fi. I'm like, this isn't it, this isn't it, this isn't it. And then as soon as I wrote, um, so Devil I Know, that I hung my hat on that. I was like, I love all the textures. I love the production. Yes, that vocally it's identifiable. Like people that know the Naked and Famous know that that's my voice. Mm. But So maybe that's going to be the song that kind of like reminds people of the kind of artist I am and then gets them in the door and then you introduce them to other songs. And then I wrote a song called High Fidelity, which is a love song. It's about desire and love and longing. You wouldn't hear that kind of song on a Naked and Famous record. <laughs> and it's like really lush and feminine and it's soft and like so different. Um, and then there's a song like Superpowers, which is stripped back and, I actually originally wrote that for a Netflix movie. Whoa. I had a prompt for Tall Girl too, and they really want. And I was kind of like down in the dumps at that time, and 
kind of having a creative block and I feel like when I get into those types of um, seasons I just I'll just pretend that I'm writing for other people and you know take a break from playing the central character for a second less pressure Mm -hmm. less Mm -hmm. precious right and 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 you just you're like I don't care like whatever this idea is fine you know (laughs) um it's for the funny best friends yeah and then my (laughs) my partner he he works for a publishing company and sometimes they'll get movie prompts in and he's like well you know if you're not doing anything like you want to give this a crack I'm like Mm. okay sure (laughs) and so the prompt was for like I don't know if you've seen Taller Girl 2, but it's about a teenager who's navigating life and her senior year of high school, and she's insecure about what she looks like, who she is, and she needed some kind of, like, moment that was empowering. And I'm like, well, that kind of song is going to be cheesy. Like, if I'm going to come up with something, it needs to be cool. (laughs) So I was playing around with superpowers, a title, and then I started writing, and I was like, oh, this is all right. I just wrote a verse, pre-chorus and a chorus. And it sat like that for months and months, just with a guitar track and nothing else. And then my friend, I played it to a couple of my friends who are producers and they're like, this is like the favorite, my favorite thing you've ever written. I'm like, what? I'm like, how? Like the vocals are so crappy. I was like, this is so not anything. They're like, no, you need to finish this. And I was like, oh, God, fine. It's good to have people in your life that you feel safe to show things to because what's mm. what's obvious to them isn't always obvious to you. Mm. And that's why it's so important not to create in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really important to, like, have that time to kind of incubate and figure out your ideas and – the spirit of what you want to do and the identity of what you want to do. But it's always great to bring, bring people in. Mm. And I don't know if I would have finished that song if I didn't bring my friends in and be like, Hey, I've got this idea. Like, what do you think? You know, that's scary, but so exciting and vulnerable of you. Yeah. I think I wasn't always like this, but I really do see the value in hearing what people think, but knowing that I'm steadfast in what I want. So if I hear somebody's thoughts on a song, it'll either make me go, oh, yeah, I might try that out. Or be like, actually, no, I'm, I really like what I've done. I'm good. You know? Like, why not? Why wouldn't you? To try and make it the best thing you could possibly make it's always good to have people in your life that you trust and know that it's not personal that's a big one you're taking your pride out of it (laughs) yeah there's no ego because I just want to make the best thing I can make do you know what I mean and it and it can get really confusing when you have too many opinions you're like I don't know what to do anymore and then you just have to like put that idea on the back burner and come back to it and that's fine but like I always send my demos to my family. They're not like big nice. music people and they're so brutal. They're so brutally honest. So my sister, um, my younger sister, I sent her Devil I Know, maybe like the, like one of the early demos or something. 
she was like, oh my gosh, I love the song. I love the production, but like, it hurts my throat hearing you sing. <laughs> and at the time, the song was a key higher than it is now. Whoa. And I was like, huh, I'm going to try to key down. You might be onto something. And I did. And it felt so much better. And I was able to record final vocals for it with a lot more ease than I was having before in my previous attempts. That's a great story. Yeah. Little sisters are brutal, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, they are. I don't know so if you have any younger siblings, but just younger siblings will always ice you out. They will always tell you the truth if you give them the space to. And it's the thing you'll never get out of your head. Yeah. You know, sometimes something will flash into my mind. My sister said years ago, I'm like, oh, that, that bitch, I love her. And she's absolutely not a bitch. But that bitch, <laughs> it's still there. Yeah. Maybe I should revisit that. That's so funny. But yeah, oh. I really value value people's honest, honest opinions. You know, like I don't want to surround myself with yes men. Like it's all flattering and all, but like I just, I want, I want to grow and I want to develop. And you can't grow and develop if you're just around people that are saying, "Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great." Like I'm like, well, be specific. Like, tell me more. You know? Do you think that's because of the level of success that the Naked and Famous had and the machine it had behind it? You know, I don't. I feel like the Naked and Famous were so insular in its creative process because mm-hmm. Tom was the producer and Tom and I were the sole songwriters. Everything was so done, written and created within a vacuum, closed doors. We didn't have any A&Rs. When we were signed to a big label, we didn't really have any A&Rs opinions come through the door that we listened to and we didn't do a lot of collaboration. We didn't bring anyone else in. It wasn't until I stepped out of that world and started bringing other people into my creative process and then other people bringing me into their creative process. We learned that like there's no room for ego and there's no room for being precious about ideas. And having an abundance mindset when you're a creative person is so important, you know, because you're always going to have great ideas. Like this, like when people get super, super precious about songs, I'm like you're going to write more songs. Like mm. it's okay. You're going to write more songs. You know, this isn't the only song you're ever going to write. You're going to write more songs. You have more ideas. You're going to have a rich, abundant, creative life if you are open to it. And also the mindset of going into a room for a writing session and going with the best idea in the room, even if it wasn't generated by you, for the greater good of writing a good song. Because that is the reason why you're wanting to be in the room that day, right? So you want to be a part of it. Like, don't stand in the way. If somebody has a better idea, then you just go, oh, yeah, that's cool. Let's go with that. That's great. That's so helpful. And again, like in any, no matter what you're doing, yeah, you could be in a board meeting or in a mums and bubs group. <laughs> Just like letting the ego thing go is 
is something that I think that I think about quite a lot when I'm interacting in spaces that aren't like my friends, you know? Yeah. And it's just an important one to keep your eye on. It's super important. And knowing when to say something and knowing when to just like observe and take a back seat, you know? Um, mm. Obviously not take too much of a back seat where you get to the end of the day and like you haven't offered any ideas. Like obviously try. You gotta mm. try, you know. <laughs> Every idea is a, is a ladder to the next one. So then, in terms of the visuals, which are stunning. Oh my gosh! Thank you. Like the high fidelity video <laughs> is oh. so gorgeous. Ah, oh, that video is beautiful. That video was shot on sixteen millimeter film. Ah, right. That makes sense. It was so. Awesome. I worked with this um, director called Jason Lester, who I always wanted to work with. And he's worked on music videos for Ash, for like Julia Michaels, for Jeremy Zucker, for a lot of amazing artists. And I'm like, you want to make a music video for me? But this is how much money I have. And like, (laughs) the New Zealand dollar doesn't travel very far in the US, you know? (laughs) Um, so I ended up going out to this sleepy little town called Lone Pine, uh, which is like five hour drive in the um towards in the desert and towards like a ski town. And we shot it there and it was such a awesome day and, and waking up at five AM to shoot in the Alabama Hills, which is where they filmed a lot of the old Western films was was it was an unreal experience and um Obviously, on an indie budget, I just had to pull in favors. I'm like, hey, do you think that I could borrow any clothes for this? Or mm-hmm. did my own hair, did my own makeup, and that's just how it's been rolling this year. Nice. <laughs> I'm like, one day I might have a budget for a stylist and a hair makeup, hair makeup. But yeah, it's just a lot of <laughs> DIY muscle with every visual component. Yeah, well, I do have to say that you have been coming up on my TikTok so much recently. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yes. (laughs) Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, social media, how do you feel about it? Oh, look, I love it and I hate it. Yeah. And I think the last, like, six months has been a real eye-opener that, like, the static stuff is just not doing anything anymore but like in doing this podcast we do written interviews and spoken interviews we put one out every week I'm like I mean that's hardly anything and work full-time but I'm like now I have to make reels I know I know you can cross post you can cross post I noticed I noticed that (laughs) yeah yeah I just feel like it is so tough but it's so for any kind of entrepreneurial business, I guess this is a business. Like, yes, it is music. It is, I, I treat it like a business because that's, mm. like, the only way I can be like, all right, it's, it's, this is an official thing. Like, these are my tasks, and I take them very seriously. Because at the end of the day, you need to – you want people to find you on the internet. And how are they going to find you? You have exactly. to use use the tools that are there. And I get so frustrated when I speak with artists that are like, oh, I just don't do social media. I'm like, 
no one's going to find you. How are they going to find you? It's just all about the planning. Like if I'm in the zone and I'm pre-planned. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Scheduling. Amazing. I mean, I work in marketing. These are things I do in my day job. Yeah, you got it, girl. It's already a a (laughs) reflex. It's already a reflex. Yeah, but it is. It's so hard. I think what's great about your TikToks is that they have had, you've been able to play on the nostalgic element and then slowly phase that into what you're doing now. Yeah. So great. So smart. Thank you. I think that, I mean, I am really lucky in the fact that, like, I have had this career that people might already know me from. And I can use that as a tool to be like, hey, as a tool. And as a bridge to remind people of like, hey, I used to be, used to be, I am in this band. You might have heard of our songs. I've been making some other music. You might like it. Come on over. The water's fine. <laughs> like, and then I can kind of like, t- and then they can get to know me a little bit more if, if they do cross that bridge. And I think it would be really silly if I didn't use that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but also at the same time, I, I do realize that I'm not completely starting from scratch from nothing. And I'm really lucky about that with that in mind and for this whole project. But I also want to reach people that haven't heard of my music and that don't know my history and that could discover this like story that exists. Totally, because there will be so many people out there on TikTok who were too young for yeah. the naked and famous, you know, like it's um, yeah. it's really exciting. People get into fights on my on, on the comment section. I don't know if you've read like no, but it's I hilarious. <laughs> it is hilarious. I'm just like, Okay, okay, let's go. What's going on here? People are just arguing like how do, how could people think that this was a man singing on young blood and like oh, yeah. people would be like I didn't know that it was a I didn't know that it was a woman oh, I thought it was a man like and then um yeah all, they'll all be the shocked t- when they find out you're from New Zealand yeah it's hilarious <laughs> it's a lot of funny stuff on the internet so far mostly nice good good um but there have been a couple of stupid racist comments but whatever no time for that. No, no time. That. Being back in Aotearoa, what are you excited to do and see and consume here? <sighs> Let me tell you, LA is like a bubble. I uh, I really miss just like walking outside and mm. walking to a cafe and like there's lots of coffee shops and stuff, but LA is a dirty, stinky, dusty city. Okay. <laughs> and it is just so nice just being back in New Zealand. It's clean, um, but by the ocean. I haven't seen my sister in five years. I'm going to see her tomorrow. Wow. My brother just had a baby. Like, I'm just catching up on life here that I've missed out on. I'm seeing my nephews and my nieces for the first time in five years. I'm like, how you have grown. I'm like, Tell me everything. What's been going on in your life? <laughs> yes. um, and I'm mainly just looking forward to going on a little road trip with my partner around the North Island because I haven't ever done that before. And we're going to Cape Reinga, 
We're going to Mai Tai Bay. We're going to uh, Mount Monganui for Christmas. We're just traveling about. That's so special. And maybe some inspiration for some for whatever comes next. I know. I do have a second EP. I have I already have songs that I need to get finished. So I have been thinking about those while I've been here. Yay. Well, it has been so lovely to speak with you, Elisa. I um have been honestly binging your EP. I it's quite a journey, sonically, through mm-hmm. the five, six tracks on there. Um and each one is stands alone I think really well and but as a collection is it's just such a nice listen I honestly really encourage everyone to go and listen to it because yeah like you were saying there's elements of everything like I feel like it's a little bit poppy there's still some indie stuff in there like I'm yeah I really really love it the melodic ending of superpowers oh yeah of high fidelity of high high fidelity fidelity. yeah yeah (laughs) love so good i'm just walking around my house like (laughs) yeah so good (laughs) i just feel like eps you can have a little bit more freedom in general as an artist to kind of play around with the sonic palette because it's not an album so you can kind of see figure out like what is what It'll help. It'll help inform what you want to do next, you know. So, but I already know what I'm doing next. But also at the same time, <laughs> I have to leave some room <laughs> um, for a little bit of research and data to see how my music doing. But because um, yes. you know, at the end of the day, we get to think of it like a business too that yes. we love, that we're lucky we love. to love. Um, yeah but yeah thank you thank you and have a <laughs> lovely time here the ep is superpowers elisa zyla thank you so much thank you i've loved chatting to you soon. everyone's so thank nice you. in new zealand oh yay <laughs> <laughs> remember us come uh-huh. back again soon <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> bye